0: Yesterday, we were at uh, a celebration service of, I'm going to say, my spiritual mother, really. Um, Audrey Chipper from Iceland. I just don't know where I'd be without... I wouldn't be here, I know that. But the the stuff that she put into to us as a youth group, absolutely amazing. And I can just imagine her and her husband now just dancing away in heaven. In fact, she had a... A picture. She had a dream. She'd fallen over and had a dream. She was laying on the floor, and uh, one of her daughters was with her. And she said, "Oh, she said, I, I, I've had a dream. She said, I was going to heaven." She said, and there was Tom and another guy from the church sitting on the wall, flapping his legs, saying, "Well, you took your time, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> and that was the kind of lady she was. She was just amazing, full of the spirit, and she just, I mean there was over 300 people, videos from around the world of their lives that they'd touched, and that sort of spurred me on for this morning, so much so I couldn't sleep last night, so there you go, that's how how bad it was, or how good it was, but uh, let's let's just see what God, I just love the words that came this morning, Um, you know, especially one about the palate of all the the things that God uses, the good, the bad, the ugly, me, you know, all that kind of stuff, that he weaves to make our lives special and to glorify him. So what I'm going to share this morning doesn't detract any of that, all right? It just builds on it, really. I think probably four or five weeks ago, we we had a run of words on um, balls and chains. We had a run on it. Two or three weeks of how people were being held back from things. And I just want to address that really this morning. Um, I was going to talk on faith because I thought these guys were going to do finances. So this morning I woke (coughs) up early and uh, revamped it, really, to, to what I feel God is is saying to us if you didn't get it this week you'll have got it in a month's time when i'm speaking again so it's just coming early hopefully i can get the faith one in when we share the financial report but we serve a good god we serve an amazing god so much so he loves us where we are but he doesn't want to leave us there he wants us to move on I want to speak on things that hold us back. Things that hold us back. And do you know what those things are? They're lies of the enemy. Lies of the enemy. John 8.32 says, If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, I can't look into your hearts this morning, but... Allow the Holy Spirit just to, to go in where you've never let him go before and just reveal stuff that could be holding you back. Because we're going to be praying afterwards. We're going to pray for stuff afterwards. It's funny how we, when we talk about this, we all start on a level playing field. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we're all in the same boat. You know, us elders are not perfect. You know, you're not perfect. Alex is not perfect. Even Julie's not perfect. Paul thinks she is, but Julie doesn't. So we find ourselves on a level playing field. Not one of us this morning can say that we've not sinned. But Jesus did this a most, well... God did this a most amazing thing: sent his son that we could all be free from sin and death. Today, when you first became a Christian, was the first day of your eternal life, Your first day. He sent his son to overcome the enemy through death on the cross, for all our sins. If we believe in Jesus, we will be forgiven and have eternal life through his grace, love and mercy. We don't deserve it. I definitely don't deserve it. But boy, I can remember the time when I was brought up in a Christian home. Religion and church was all I did, you know, Sundays that's what I did, kept mum and dad quiet, you know, kept them off my back kind of thing, and then one day I heard that Jesus knew me by name, and he loved me, and he cared for me, warts and all, nobody else in the world does that, not even my wife loves my warts, (laughs) she tells me, you need to change, don't talk to me like that, don't do this. Don't do that. Which is fine because that's part of refining. That's part of me. I'm not as bad as I was. I don't think, but you'll have to ask her that. The absolute—I can still remember it to this day. The absolute freedom and the forgiveness I felt when I first when, when Jesus met me. I was elated. My sins were forgiven. I was, yeah, pumping. I was, I was, I was stoked. I wasn't, so I wasn't. It was 17. Um, I'd slipped a disc in my back and I'd laid there for, I don't know, a couple of weeks and this guy came and prayed for me and instantly, the next morning I was out of bed, I went to the GP and he gave me the all clear to go back to work. And that was it. I said, God, you're real. I want to know more. Okay. And, yeah, that's, forgive me, I've got notes, so I'm going to get lost. Because I don't normally do this, but I tried to do it properly. You never know, one day I might even give you a PowerPoint. You know, that is, you know, I shall have to have lessons. If anybody can give me how to do a PowerPoint and spell, then uh, I'll be all right. I wanted to tell everybody about this Jesus that... A lot of people said, oh, I found Jesus. Uh-uh, he cornered me. He was searching me. He found me. It was, how can I say, my sister got married and there was this youth group of about 20 came to serve at this youth group. And it was mesmerising. Young guys, young girls who just worked together, served, enjoyed life. And they were Christians. And I wanted some of that. I wanted that. I wanted to tell everybody, anybody who'd listen, I think even my dog at the time nearly got converted. She got fed up with me. saying, isn't this wonderful, this is glorious. But God had changed my heart. He'd changed my heart. But it wasn't very long after that, I became aware of a battle raging within. The old versus the new. There was this enemy. I didn't know much about him. You know, I'd found Jesus. Hi, hey, it was whoopy dude. What's, what's the enemy gonna do? But I didn't know that I'd actually, through becoming a Christian, I stirred a Hornet's nest. A Hornet's nest. The battle began. <coughs> I knew, because there was a change in my life, that I'd been miraculously healed, confirmed by God. But I was a target for the enemy. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and sober-minded. Your, our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And if you're not careful, he does a pretty good job. Who will pick you off? As many of you know, my favourite psalm is Psalm 1, where he's, blessed is the man who doesn't sit in the seat of the mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. At that point, the next bit goes on to say, he was planted by the river. And I had a choice at that point where I was going to be Planted. Was I going to stay with the friends that did me no good? Or was I going to join this new group where they shared their struggles, their joys, they supported, encouraged, and I wanted to be. I wanted to be like that. So in a way, I chose to be replanted. And that's where this spiritual mother who's gone to be with the Lord took such a big part. In teaching us, there was about twenty or thirty of us age range between fourteen and twenty, but we were taught how to meditate, how to build ourselves up, how to struggle, how to fight, and you know what yesterday, there were so many of us there who were still standing, you know gray hair, beard, put on weight well i didn 't I just stayed the same, but um, i haven 't lost it either but There was something in that room of a legacy of this lady who knew how to serve God but impart others. She didn't want us to be picked off. Now, it's quite funny because we can pick up the phone probably to any one of those and we're all different parts of the country now so it was quite a collection to have us all together again. You know, and we, we needed each other to stand against the roaring lion. Sadly, some did drift away, you know. But ironically, they still stay in touch. But to this day, many of us know what was implanted into us by that, that lady. So what am I trying to say? We, we have an enemy who wants to stop at nothing to try and hinder you and me Along our walk, or as I put it, along our whelk, um, along our walk as Christians, he will throw lies at us to undermine us. Lies like, now, I've heard this several times, I don't hear Jesus. I don't hear him talk to me. It's a lie. Because the sheep hear his voice, and they follow it's a lie. Fear. Fear for me was, oh, such a biggie when I became a Christian. I was a bit of a Jack the Lad, as you could probably imagine. I liked friends. And when you come out being a cre- Christian, you find people just disappear. They just don't want to know. They oh, You're weird. You know, you are weird. So, and there was a fear of Failure. And a fear for the future. You know, what if, what if, what if. And this lady used to drill in well not drill into us. She gave us so many scriptures on hope. So many scriptures on you are secure. There's so many scriptures on Jesus will look out for you. And she encouraged us. Day after day, after week after week. If God says to you, do it. And some of us were daft enough to believe it, and we did it. But boy, is that something that I've missed. I've missed. That used to be the trademark of the church. If God says to you, do it. If he calls you to do something, do it. So, as a young married couple, we were looking for a, a house and at those times, if I tell you houses were about 23,000, 24,000 pounds and we couldn't afford anything like that and we looked at this little terraced house which was known as the Piggery because the church rented it for five boys. I was one of them who used to rent this place um, and somehow we all got married roughly about the same time and they didn 't need it anymore. So we went to look at this house, and as we were walking round the garden, there was this on the fence, and I thought, oh dear oh, that 's the next door neighbor and The only thing we used to do as lads was one of the lads, well yeah he used to he used to bake a cake and they used to have vegetables. And we used to swap. And there was this little voice, says, Nigel! I thought, oh dear, here we go. I said, yes, yeah, is that you? I said, yes, that's me. Yeah. <clears throat> if you can afford to buy that house, you can afford to buy mine. Now, bear in mind, this was a little terraced house. Hers was an old police house, four bedrooms, and on the market for much much more. Come round for a cup of tea. Well, that was an experience in itself. But we went round, and I said, there's no way we can afford this, my dear. And I said, it's beyond, beyond our capabilities. She's got a card out. She said, that's my solicitor's number. You ring him and tell him how much you can afford, and we'll accept it. And that is God's provision for us, number one. Cheryl was working, I was working. It took us a year to do the house up, and within a year of doing the house up, God said to us, sell it. And I thought, wow, you know, <laughs> all this work. So we went to see the pastor and we said, what do we do? She said, well, you'll never know, she said, until you put it on the market. Put it on the market, seven days it sold. Asking price God. And then God again spoke to us. And all these these things, don't get me wrong, they're all full of, in my case, full of fear. I wasn't confident in God at that time that he would provide or do. Um, I can remember we bought this house and we hadn't got enough money to pay the electric bill. And we went to our house group leader and we said, look, I've got this bill I can't pay. Well, blow me down with a feather, out came his cheque, but paid the bill. And I think, okay, that's another confidence in God that we're a people, we're a family. And then there was this dear lady in the church, I will laugh at this, dear lady in the church who was getting on a bit and she rang up and her heating was paraffin in those days. And she rang us up and she said, could you come and get me some paraffin? Well, we hadn't got two pennies to rub together at the point. So we got on our bikes and we rode down to hers, picked the paraffin up, and we thought, oh, well, this will be all right. You know, she, how bad we were. She might give us some money. No, she gave us three onions. That's what we got to go with the eggs that we got in the in the freezer. So we could have omelettes with onions that night. Do you know what I mean? And what I'm trying to to build here is how God, like that easel, and gradually the confidence was coming that I could trust him. There was no fear for the future. The fear of, I don't know, any man is that he can't provide for his family. That is, I think that is a fear for, for most men. What happened? I can remember when my first daughter was born and I held her in my hand and I thought my goodness how am I going to do this and the answer was with God's help I could do it they're good things we've we've had some some bad things along the way but God has used those as that that easel that our confidence has grown 1 John 4.18 says in the Amplified Bible, it says this, There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But perfect, complete, full-grown love drives out fear. Because fear involves the expectation of divine punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in his love, has not grown in sufficient understanding of God's love. It's taken me, personally, ages to get to the point where I understand God's perfect love for me. There's nothing in my life, comes into my life, he doesn't know about. Nothing that he doesn't know about that he will not use to make that picture on that easel there is nothing nothing doesn't matter whether you it's bad it's good it's nothing it's all part of this lady audrey she always used to say you know pebbles on the beach when they rub together they smooth each other they knock bits off they round you they they do things to you and people that's what what church is about we knock up against each other we rub each other we we hone each other. We, we encourage each other. We take the bad bits off. We, we just... <laughs> it's painful sometimes, isn't it? I know when I bang up against some of you, I don't get it right. I know it. I know it. And I apologise for those times when it's not the right thing to do. But, you know, we're a family. And when family grows together... It has growing pains, doesn't it? You know, it does. As as you grow up, as you, you know, as our kids grow up, or they grew up, there is something that says, Dad, I want to go beyond where you can take me now. Just, do you know what I mean? You, you, you just get to the point where you have to release and let go. And what I want to say to you is, God is it, in the in the business of wanting you released and let go. He wants you to be released and let go. Things that hold you back. One of the other things I was, I was thinking, you know, it's not listening, um, hurts, fear, unforgiveness is a massive one. I can remember, Cheryl will, will back me up on this, I used to work for Eastern Counties Bus Company in Newmarket, And we had a change of manager. And a root of bitterness grew in me towards this man to the point of hatred. I mean it. I couldn't stand the man. And yet all it did was change me. didn't bother him at all. I had to come to God and ask for forgiveness. And the release I found in that was amazing and I think that's for somebody here this morning you, you've just got to, to forgive the past and move forward into into what God wants you because if you're held back by fear or hurt or anything like that or even not even trusting God you're not fulfilling your full potential that he wants you to and you're in a family that wants you to succeed who wants to walk with you, who wants to encourage you to push forward. You may need to ask forgiveness for God. There may be things that you've gone through. You're asking him, why? Why did I do it? Why did I have to go through that? Because he can use anything to make you the person he wants you to be. Job asked him several times, why me? Did he ever get an answer? No, because I'm God. He was asked to be sifted by the enemy. And God held him. You know, Jane brought, I think I nicked it, didn't I, Jane? I don't know where I put it in there. There you go. She brought a word, didn't she, about loneliness. Loneliness. You should never be lonely in a church like this. Never. Never. There's house groups. There's people. There's us as as elders. There are friends that you're with. God wants us to be a confident people, a strong people moving forward. Now, this is where I'm going off. Rod went off piece last week, so... I'm following my leader. Um, I want us to have a few moments of prayer. Just quiet prayer. And if you want prayer for anything, this one, I'm not going to mention anything. If you want it, then I'm going to ask you to stand where you are and we're going to pray. Okay? If you're fearful for the future... If you're uncertain of what God has got for you, He's a good God. He's you know, He will lead you. He says, doesn't it, I'll lead you to green pastures. My rod and my staff will comfort you. Because this is the God that we serve. He's not detached. He's personal. You know, we're going to pray for. Doug, in a bit, he's having a hip operation this week. I think it's right that we pray for him and Amanda. There's a certain amount of fear. Yeah, there is, because it's the unknown, isn't it? But we have a God, a God, Doug, that's got you in the palm of his hands, and Amanda as well. There may be things that have happened in the past, that are holding you back I always when I talk to people about things that hold you back I I love the story of the Red Sea where Moses has to strike the rock the water's open but when he gets to the other side he has to turn around and strike it again for the waters to close and so often with hurts we do the first bit and we walk through but we let it follow us and we're in the same position the other side. And I really believe this morning God is saying it's time to leave that on this side and walk through into true freedom. So, I'm going to spend a few moments in prayer. and going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, just stand where you are. and we're going to strike that rock and we're going to push back the enemy and you're going to walk through into a new season and then we're going to strike it again and we're going to bury whatever it was in the Red Sea and you're going to walk free of it this morning. Is that okay? I presume it is. So let's just Holy Spirit we just ask for you now to to come oh it's (laughs) it's the ants isn't it you lift the lid on something and something is revealed they've taken those eggs somewhere we don't know but Father we ask this morning that as we lift the lid on things you will come and you will Take those things and bury them beyond the cross. Father, where you died for my sins so that I can be free. You don't want us to to live in bondage. For some of us, it could be that we have to decide whether we're going to continue to walk the path we're walking or whether we're going to allow God to plant us somewhere new so we can flourish. some of us it may be the fear of the future and what that holds father just speak to us i pray and help us respond father so yes that's me i want prayer don't have to share what it is just stand and we'll pray